The date is Thursday the 17th of May. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, the official podcast of NewRisingMedia.com where I consume your brain space with weird and wonderful facts that you've probably never heard before. Now, at first, I'm going to apologise for two things off the bat. Number one, I'm currently full of hay fever, hence why my voice sounds a bit blogged and congested. Um, And the antihistamines are doing absolutely nothing. And number two, I realise I've been away from this podcast a lot longer than I said I was going to be. So, to the nearly 1,000 people who do follow the station, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry that I've had this kind of break. But I will explain what I've been up to in the next segment. And in terms of what else is coming up on the show... We take a look at what Tom DeLong from Blink-182 has been up to since he left the band. And Russell Crowe commissioned a new script for the sequel to the Oscar-winning Gladiator. What do you think it was about? All that and more coming up in the show. Sit down, grab yourself a cup of tea, because this is going to be a belter. So, as promised, just a quick explainer as to what I've been up to. Um, So, as you may well know, I was at the Blog Awards on the 20th of April. And, unfortunately, I did not win. But, an amazing blogger who goes by the name of 16-Bit Dad took that trophy. And it was well-deserved. He's been working on his blog for years. And the unique mix of retro gaming and parenting is, well, it's quite the perfect mix, I'll be honest with you. And it's one that tells a pretty amazing story and it's something that you should go definitely see on 16bitdad.com. However, I will be going back next year to try and win again. Moving on from that, I've been busy on the blog, newrisingmedia.com. You may see some of the bigger stories. And I'm working on one that's pretty... That's pretty eye-opening. It's unique, completely exclusive, and you've never seen it anywhere else. But hopefully, someone will publish it. And last but not least, I've been working hard on the Twitch channel. So if you go on to twitch.tv slash emotion engineer, and then you'll see the work that I've been doing on there. Why is it called the emotion engineer? Well, my favorite console from my childhood is the PS2. And the PS2 has an emotion engine, And every engine needs an engineer, hence I am the Emotion Engineer. That explains that name. Um, But also on top of that, I also listen to some pretty significant emo music from my childhood days as well. Um, So if you want to go give it a follow, you'll see a link in the description of the podcast. Anyway, let's roll straight on with the weird facts and make you a simple promise that I am back for good. Now, for the first fact, have you ever heard of the Blink-182 song Aliens Exist? You probably have, given that it's usually on every single compilation album ever that comes out for the band Blink-182. Now, 
Turns out it actually holds some relevance to my next story. That Tom DeLong, after he left the band Blink-182, he's actually brought together a group of scientists and he's actually trying to find and investigate UFO sightings. He's on the search for aliens. Good old X-Files DeLong. And rather than talking in vague terms about off-the-record conversations with senators, he's gone pretty much all in and he's building a full-on spaceship. Now, to quote a post that I did on Facebook seven months ago with a pretty sweet-ass CGI animated UFO spaceship. Hello, my name is Tom DeLong from The Blink 182. I have brought together an elite team from CIA, Department of Defense, and the former director of advanced programs at Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. We are aiming to build this electromagnetic vehicle to travel instantaneously through space, air, and water by engineering the fabric of space-time. Our company is called To The Stars, and you can invest in our plan to revolutionize the world of technology that can change life as we know it. And it goes to a URL of www.tothestarsacademy.com. And what you get there is a pretty bizarre site of strange scientific discoveries. And it's pretty amazing, really. Um, But these bizarre efforts are rather hilarious to see. His work alongside Harry Reid to try and spot UFOs. Um, they even leaked some classified UFO tapes and like alien sighting tapes from way back in the day. Um, it's it's quite a read. So if you do ever get interested, I fully recommend that you go give it a quick Google search. To the Stars is what his company is called. Or just search Tom DeLong and Aliens and it's all the top stories that you can find on there. It's both hilarious but both pretty fascinating at the same time. Next up, we head on over to NASA to keep on this general space trend at this point in time. And I ask you, how does NASA avoid equipment that smells weird? Now, in any other working environment, it's not that much of a problem because there's usually a flow of fresh air that circulates a particular office building, whether it's aircon or whether it's an open window, meaning that anything that does smell a bit funky doesn't really need to smell funky for that long. However, in space, you are locked in a insulated tube with all of this stuff. Now, the last thing you want is while you're going up and about for all of this stuff to smell a bit weird because that weird smell will just become weirder and weirder and smellier and smellier. I know that that isn't technically a word, but I'm just going to barrel in with it anyway. Smellier. (laughs) Um, This is where I introduce you to George Aldrich, who at NASA is a chemical specialist or a chief sniffer at the White Sands Test Facility's Molecular Disruption and Analysis analysis 
if I could say that properly, and analysis laboratory in New Mexico. And his job is to smell items before they can be flown in the space shuttle. I'm not joking. Aldrich explained that smells change in space and that once astronauts are up there, they're stuck with whatever smells are on board with them. In space, astronauts aren't able to open the window for extra ventilation, as I said before. He also said that it is important not to introduce substances that will change the delicate balance of the climate of the International Space Station and the Space Shuttle. More than being merely unpleasant, smells in space can indicate a health threat. Even objects that give off no odour can emit dangerous chemicals by a process called off-gassing. And that is essentially when the molecular structure of an object starts to become loose, I guess, in a zero-gravity space. So you don't know what kind of chemicals were kind of in the actual surface of an item itself that it could then give off. And you start to kind of figure out the importance of what sounded initially like a rather, like a rather silly job. <laughs> but all the more crucial for the future of space exploration. And finally, in this space diversion, um, what happens when you are ejected unprotected into space? So no spacesuit, no nothing, just you and the vast expanse of space. Well, it's the recurring question that is always answered in very strange ways by sci-fi films and general TV shows that go anywhere near the whole space thing. Um, there's been some options where you see somebody just suffocate and die. That is not correct. There's also the other side of it where you see people expand and explode even that's also incorrect but then again you already knew that because that was a reference to the simpsons um however there is a way around this lack of air and what if i told you that i could give you a fighting chance and that your eyes don't actually explode this, this crazy stuff um well it turns out that if you don't hold your breath so what what does that mean well basically breathe out every bit of oxygen in your body and don't hold that breath you could perhaps survive for as long as two minutes without any kind of permanent injury now that's a bit baffling so let me explain if you do hold your breath the loss of the external pressure of the space cabin that you were in would cause the gas inside your lungs to expand and that in turn will rupture your lungs and release air into the circulatory system and if you've heard about bubbles air bubbles in the bloodstream that will probably kill you instantly the first thing to do if you ever find yourself suddenly expelled into the vacuum of space is exhale and the other things you can't really do much about after about 10 seconds or so, your skin and tissue underneath will begin to swell as the water in your body starts to vaporise in the absence of atmospheric pressure. You won't balloon to the point of exploding, 
since human skin is strong enough to keep you from, keep yourself from bursting. And if you're brought back to atmospheric pressure, so if you are saved in the two minutes that you're out there in space, your skin and tissue will return to normal. So when you're here thinking, oh, I'm going to blow up like a balloon if I'm out in space, you are wrong. And you won't suffocate if you are in space. You know how to survive that now. Don't ever think this show is not educational. Next up, online dating. You know, that thing that makes us all really, really nervous that we all do at some point in our lives, let's be honest. My choice of weapon was Tinder and I was pretty terrible at it. However, I did end up finding my girlfriend that I've been with at the moment for nearly three years. So I call that a win. I don't know about you guys. Um, So... I'm not actually talking about Tinder specifically. I'm talking about the online dating service called OkCupid. And specifically a piece of research that they did. Um, Turns out that any OkCupid users on an iPhone had over two times more sexual partners than those with Android devices. I'm not entirely sure why. (laughs) And there wasn't anything specific behind that except for that correlation of, oh, people with an iPhone had more sex than people with an Android phone. Um, But it's one of those things that um, kind of baffles you a little bit. Um, For reference, this was on a piece of study, piece of research about the attractiveness of profile pictures. So um, this doesn't mean the attractiveness of the person in the profile picture. This means the attractiveness of the camera taking the profile picture and seeing what made for a more attractive profile picture. Um, Looking further up at the other graphs that were on this research, um, obviously dominating the top were like point-and-shoot cameras or DSLR cameras, which is entirely fair enough. Um, But the first smartphone on that list is actually the Apple iPhone. And the rest of them, going further down, is Android phones. So, I don't know. Maybe there is a decisive difference in the cameras, even though I feel like I can't really see it. That leads to you getting more sex. There you go. If you have been single for a while and you want to get back out there, You know what to go for. And finally, have you guys seen the film Gladiator? That Ridley Scott film starring Russell Crowe. That is a pretty amazing film, I'll be honest with you. Um, I feel like in terms of hype, it was a bit overblown. But it's a fun film. It's pretty great. Um, A good historical Roman Colosseum-based film. However there were plans to bring it back. While everyone mostly died at the end of Russell Crowe's Swords and Sandals epic, that didn't stop the director Ridley Scott from putting together a sequel. And what happened in this sequel? Well, it turns out that the character Maximus Decimus Meridius actually comes back during the Vietnam War, presumably zombified 
which is utterly, utterly baffling. <laughs> um, so it comes about during this time, and the film actually ends with Maximus wearing a suit in the Pentagon in modern times. How on earth any of this works, I have no idea. And why on earth it's gone from its current state of being a historically correct film to now, when they just really, really, really want it to be such strange sci-fi, I have no idea. But take that to the bank. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for listening. Now, how could you support me? Because every single bit of your support means the absolute world to me and helps put the podcast in front of more people and put New Rising Media in front of more people. So the simple bits you could do for the podcast is you could subscribe, whether it's here on Anchor or whether it's on your own podcasting service. If you're listening to this on like Spotify, Google Cast, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, uh, I've forgotten the rest of the names. <laughs> Hello to you all, whether you're listening to me walking home or at, at home or in the car. Thank you for letting me invade your airwaves. Um, do subscribe and give us a quick review. Um, any reviews, I'm starting to read them every week. And I will be reading them out live on the podcast every week. So if you want to get heard, that's probably a great way of doing so by just going on to the podcasting services of your choice and leaving a review. However good or bad it may be, it will just help improve. But more importantly, I would like a five-star review. But that's the type of the point. Um, but beyond that... There's also the blog, newrisemedia.com. Um, you could also help support me through Patreon on patreon.com slash newrisemedia. Obviously, you're not just supporting this. You're supporting the blog, newrisemedia.com. And you are also supporting the Twitch stream on twitch.tv slash engineer. You can find me personally on pretty much every single social network at Mr. Jason England. And you can find New Rising Media on Twitter at New Rising underscore Media. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen. I will speak to you all next week. Take care. Bye.